Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Napsack Files, special edition of the three things. Why is it special? Uh, 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 I don't really know. I just occasionally like throwing the word special in front of things to make you all like me more. It's a, a trick I just exposed. Now you won't won't like me at all. Well, I've made a huge mistake. Here we are, episode 36 of The Three Things. This is a show where I have three things on my mind and I tell you about them. I don't give you the what for. I don't wag a finger in your face. I just talk about them. And maybe you can connect with them. Maybe it's a shared experience. Maybe you'll just point at me and laugh. Either way, I'm here. It's the holiday season. Looking forward to 2019 for a lot of wonderful reasons. I love the holidays, but I love the switchover. I'm all about the new year. And, you know, we talk about resolutions and goals and dreams and all those things. I'm sure we'll do it again here on the NASDAQ Files. You can go back. I think you can go back to 2014. So the first time I, I, I probably did that for an episode. Let's talk about hopes and dreams and resolutions. We might do it again. I like it. I'm a sucker for it. Turn the calendar. Erase the last year. And it's been quite a year for a lot of people. Let's start over. Doesn't mean we're not going to have challenges. Doesn't mean we're not going to have obstacles. But, you know, a little fresh start. Not a bad thing. That's not what today's episode's about, though. Well, a little bit. There's some fresh start stuff in there. Here's what's on my mind right now. Here's what's on my mind is the holidays bear down on us. One big holidays in the past. Do you wait? Wait, time out, time out, time out. Do you count Halloween as like the holidays when people people say the holidays, man, the holidays are coming. That holiday crush. Ooh, I love the holidays. I think that generally everyone's going to look at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then you got Hanukkah and a lot of other various little holidays weaved in there. If you celebrate those holidays, I'm not disparaging those holidays. I'm just talking about the big ones that generally are the plots of sitcoms during December. You know what I mean? I think people would say those are the holidays. But I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I kind of include Halloween in that. Because once Halloween kind of gets there, once, once it arrives, once it's around the corner and Halloween decorations are coming up, it's like, especially as you get older, as you all know, time moves so fast, it's like we're already there. We're at the holidays once mid-October hits for me. Back in the old mall days, definitely felt that way because even though we didn't necessarily do anything super special for Halloween, we started having our holiday meetings early to mid-October. 
So we're thinking about Black Friday. We're thinking about the Christmas rush. We're thinking about all that in mid-October. And you got Halloween right there. So Halloween's part of that. That has nothing to do with what I was going to talk about today. Just, it just popped in my head. Let me know. It's a big, important question. It's a big, important question. We need this answer. Are the holidays, capitalizing the and H, is it also inclusive of Halloween? Let me know here. Caller, go ahead. Ha, not yet. All right, the three things. For those of you who happen to, uh, you know, be listening for the first time to the three things, that's what it is. One, two, three. It's not a rank. That's a show I do called Life Ranked. I haven't done that in a while because I, I like doing that with guests, not just me blabbing. And I, have, I haven't got as many guests in November and December. I'll blame the holidays. Also, my own personal work schedule. So it's me here today. Three things on my mind. And I'm going to start with this And it is number three. The number three thing on my mind this week right now is meatless. Meatless. Taking a deep breath. So here's what's going on. I do not believe that at any point in my life will I be able to say or even willing to say that I am a complete vegetarian or a vegan, or a vegetarian, or a pescatarian, or a a presbyterian. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Point is, or the fact is, I just love meat. You can take that, you could take that audio bite out of context and use it inappropriately. I'll sue you later. All right. But I just love meat. All right. Red meat, uh, white meat of chicken turkey meat, uh, pistachio meat, kind of a reference to Best in Show, I'm sorry, Um, fish too, I'm not a huge fan of fish, but I like shrimp, some would not call that meat, but trash of the sea, fine, Um, I've been trying to eat more fish lately, and as I try to, uh, you know, maintain and get on top of my health, both inside and out, work those glory muscles, lift those weights like I do, but here's the truth about me. I often, especially in the early days of the Schmoes, I am always my own target uh, when it comes to humor. I'm going to make fun of myself 80% of the time simply because I'm an easy target. I know I'm not going to get offended. Also, I think it's funny. I know, I know. It opens up deeper things. A lot of it was not so much jokes as truths of the things I felt about myself. And we're working on that. But I still think it's funny. I still think it's funny to hack on myself, all right? You can take that out of context, too. I have no problem with it. So me as, a, me as an overweight person uh, it has been a running theme and a joke. Um, and I've never been. I've never been happy with my weight. Never have been. But I'll say this. On the off chance, you're not gonna, but on the off chance right now, you were to walk in and I was, uh, you know, not have any clothes on except for maybe my Star Wars underpants, which I actually don't own, oddly enough. That's a joke. That's, a, that's an example of a joke about myself that isn't true. Do not own Star Wars undergarments. But let's say I was, you would say, okay, there's a man that likes to, uh, he actually likes to work out. That guy works out. I think, though, he's had some pizza for breakfast, ice cream for dinner a few few times in the last month. That's what you'd think about me. And I'm fine with that. I can live with that. But 
it's a thing I struggle with. I want to get a, I want to finally turn the corner on this health. And at 42 now, ooh, coming in for a crash landing at 43, you know, that stuff starts getting harder. You start, you got to take it more seriously. And even though I think in my head, I'm, I'm young, younger and young. I was talking to a friend of mine, Joel, the other day, one of my, my longtime friends. I got to get him on the show here in 2019. He lives down here in L.A. Co-created uh, the game of Ruckus with me and my friend Brian at our old house, screenwriter. Uh, we, we used to have a wrestling company in his front yard in high school that was uh, built on a ring uh, made of mattresses. A lot of stories to tell. Got to get Joel on the show. Mentioned him before. But we were talking the other day. Man, this age thing. He's got two kids, but... Uh, and that's weird. And one of his kids, so he, that's actually how it started. He was talking about how his kid, he was telling his kid, his, his son, uh, stories of high school when he, when Joel and I first became friends. And we had this professional wrestling company in our front yard, which was just me and a couple friends and, and Joel and a couple friends just wrestling on mattresses badly. It was not even like backyard wrestling that you hear that term because some of that stuff, some of those wrestlers actually go on to, to have careers in, in professional wrestling. Not often, but they do. Um, it was just us being silly, and, and a lot of people have done that. We're not we're not alone in that, but it's just it's it's what we did, and we videotaped it. So he was telling his kid this. That's the point of the story, and his kid's just like, "Wow, the olden days, man! Wow, what do you what do you, what you were a kid once, Dad?" And and and, it's, and so we we're texting, and it's like we're both forty two. We don't feel it's not even that you feel the age, and I know a lot of you listening right now are old, even older. Oh, you're so older, and it's like, yeah, you you get it. You're like. You might be 60, but in your brain, you're still a 15-year-old trying to figure it all out. Now I get that. That's the thing you don't learn. And if you're younger, and I know those people younger than me listening right now, stand by for that. Stand by to stand by. Brace for impact. You're going to hit some of these key big ages, 25, 30, 35, 40, and realize, oh, I don't have it. I have it figured out less than I did a year ago or five years ago. And that's the big secret. They don't tell you. Everyone's pretending. Everyone's just trying to be an adult. Just your perspective changes. You go from looking up, literally, literally looking up to people, and then you start reaching their heights or more, and you're like, oh, yeah, no one knows what's going on. So all that to say, I feel, you know, younger, but, but you know, I, I get in that gym. I have a gym in my apartment here, like literally in my apartment, and I do a good workout session. Next morning, I got an injury. Um uh, the energy's down to do it there. All these kind of things. I got to take the vitamins and all this kind of stuff. I, but I'm, I'm always doing it, but I want to get over the edge. So eating food is one of the big things. That's what you got to get. You got to change what you put in your body. Fuel for your engine, as they say, right? That's where I lack the discipline. I love ice cream. I don't have it that much, but I do love it. I love frozen yogurt. Apparently, you can't have that for breakfast all the time. I love coffee, but a problem that's not the problem. It's I do love, oh, is that a peppermint sweetener? Let me put that in there. That's enough sugar to, to fuel a, a small country. So uh, that's always been my problem. Discipline, discipline. So red meat, I cut it out for a while. Just stuck to chicken. All that kind of stuff. I do like fish, but I have to learn. I'm cooking more on my own. I mean, I'm talking I'm most of my meals now are prepared here in my my own kitchen. Fish, fish, you got to learn. A couple YouTube videos, you can get a handle on it there, but yeah, fish, you got to get just right. A steak, you can mess up a little bit. You mess up one way, all right, it's a little tough. You, you mess up the other way, you got to re-kill it once, once it gets to your plate. That's all fine and dandy. 
chicken you don't want to mess up, of course, too. But that's, that's also, you can tell when the chicken is done. I've made some bad chicken, but it's still relatively easy. Fish, you got to learn. All this to say, I, 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 I've cut out some red meat before. It, I, I think it's important. I think it's key. My father had a heart attack. About 64 now. Gosh, time flies. Um, good to go. But it was a major heart attack that, you know, by the grace of God, he's still around because I think it could have been, it was more serious. Spread out over a few days. Actually, I think even longer because men are, men are stubborn. And that's actually part of the point of this. Men are stubborn. I think my dad had a heart attack for like a month and finally went in. And like walked into a ER. Can I actually not in the ER? Walked into his, called his doctor or something like, hey, can I get an appointment? Why? I think I'm having a chest pain thing. You need to go to the ER now. So we have the stubborn thing. And when it comes to me, I, you know, I, I don't want to go down that path. And you start to see genetics. You start to see yourself. And I remember my friend Joe. A lot of you guys know Joe Ruggiero, a fan of this show, a guest of this show, and someone who's coming back to this show. We are, speaking of all this, going to go eat badly at Sizzler. But you could actually go to Sizzler and eat pretty good and avoid red meat and all those kind of things. Sounds like, again, I'm advertising for Sizzler, but I'm not. So, all that to say, all that to say, which would, if I, if I cut to the chase, I wouldn't have a podcast. I was sitting around, passing time when I should have been working, flipping around, and I saw Kevin Smith on Instagram uh, and Twitter, one of them, both of them, all of them, doesn't matter. Saw a picture on social media of Kevin Smith looking like Kevin Smith does, and he's real thin right now because he had that heart attack, and he's Emerged from that a healthier, better man. And he, again, someone who probably should have died. And I'm looking at this picture, and he's sitting before a plate of food, like hamburger and chicken wings and all this stuff. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, I'm hungry, and now I'm hungrier. What's he eating? And I remember, well, no, he cut all, he cut all the bad stuff out, so to speak. And he's got the caption here. He's got, look, this is all vegan. Everything you're seeing in this plate, is tasty, wonderful, vegan food. Looks like a hamburger. This And again, I'm not surprised by that. We've got ad- massive advancements in tech, in food technologies. And, and, and is that a real thing, food technologies? I'm looking around. I don't know. This isn't, you know, you aren't just eating tofu and garbanzo beans. This is not a surprise to me. But I'm looking at this picture, and I'm like, everything on that plate that he had in this picture, if you put before me, I would have taken a big bite and been like, mmm, love this cheeseburger. Carl's Jr., Jack in the Box, where is it from? Chili's? Chili's 2 at the Burbank Airport, where is it from? And he would have been like, well, here's the surprise. It's Folger's Crystals. No, it's also vegan. So I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be that guy. And that guy is thankfully, fortunately, Kevin Smith. He's alive to tell this tale. But I don't want to be that guy or that girl or that person that has a traumatic, near-death medical experience, namely a heart attack, and then is like, well, I guess it's time to eat right. guess it's time to get a little better. So I'm thinking, how can I fix that? I love salads. Not that salads can't be unhealthy. You throw like a whole fried chicken on a salad, you've you've got a problem. But I'm okay with that. Can I stop eating the bread rolls when I go to Wood Ranch? I can try. 
I can try. There's been times when I've done it. But the big thing for me day in and day out is meat. I, it's easy to cook. I love cooking a good steak. I love cooking a hamburger. And I've even, I, I've, I've cut out buns at home. If I cook a, a hamburger patty at home, I have a bed of spinach, put my condiments on it, no bun, and I'm fine with that. Just one little added thing, like how can I make a difference? But I've decided I am going to really lean into this idea of going meatless when possible. Christmas Day, if I'm at my parents' house, which I plan to be, and they make a you know, ham and my dad has a steak or something, I'll, I'll have it. I'm not, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. It's what you do the next day, what you do the next time. It's like cutting out soda. I decided, long ago, decided I need to cut out, and I, Diet Coke was my thing. Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi was my thing. And then Dr. Pepper. And then mixing Dr. Pepper with Diet Coke, which is, oh, just divine. That was a big problem. And then one time I had to clean my car battery, and I used a Diet Coke to do it. And I thought, well, that's not, that's definitely probably, probably shouldn't do that. So... I did it there, and then now I got these Zevia sodas, which are a lot better for you, and it takes, it, 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 it gets me going, I'm like, oh, I, that cracking open a can feeling, which we all kind of like, and then it keeps the bad stuff out, right? I have made this decision, and I'm coming before you all here to, to make it public. I am going to commit to meatless options when possible now. There's a, they're not a sponsor, but there's a company called Beyond Meat. I've got some patties waiting in the kitchen and right here in the fridge. I'm going to fry them on up, going to cook them all up or do what I got to do. They look like hamburger patties. And if you can trick me, if you can trick me, then you got me when it comes to meat. The late, great John Schnapp, I'll tell you what there. I didn't have a lot of meals with John. John and I were, were friends at work, but, you know, I, I, and I, we hung out at the comedy store and, and comic conventions, but it was like I went over to John's house for dinner. But occasionally, there was one time we were at Yard House, me, John Schnapp, and some other people. And, and John uh, was vegan, and he ordered up some uh, vegan boneless chicken wings. Called, made by this company called Gardein or Garden, whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of you are familiar with it. So it's a full complimentary, a complimentary uh, Gardein, uh, full compliment. Is what I'm, what's, what's I'm trying to say? Compliment, not complimentary. Full compliment of Gardein choices here at Yard House. And so John, John Schnapp, God bless him. Rest in peace, John. It was like almost put the chicken wing in my mouth. It's like you've got, I'm telling you, telling you, man, you won't believe it. You won't believe that shit, man. Yes. Yes, son. Have it. You won't know. And I took a bite and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, John, if you had not told me, I would have been like, great chicken wing. Did you get to smuggle it in from Buffalo Wild Wings? So that's the key. If you can trick me, if I can trick myself, I can start cutting out some of this stuff. And I get it. There's bigger things, you know, environmental concerns. It takes less to go. It takes less resources to go vegan and everything. And cool. You know what? I'm all game. That won't hurt anything. All right. I still got some questions. I got some questions about the all that science and all that stuff about the climate. There, I'm okay with it. But I'm I'm okay with using less resources. I can get behind that. I'm okay with investigating the possibility that that might be a thing to do. So I have done that. 
In fact, as I record tonight, I, I prepared some orange chicken at my house and the stove there from a bag of, of vegan pieces of uh, orange chicken with the sauce and everything. And I got to tell you, as I sit here right now before all, before all of you, it tasted damn good. I think the first bite, I, would, I was a little like, all right, it doesn't really taste like chicken. Snake tastes more like chicken than this fake chicken. But by the middle, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it was the sauce. Sauce is the key to life. I was happy. I was content. We're going to try those meat patties. I got some uh, vegan meatballs in the, in the uh, f- uh, freezer right now. I'm going to try that. I think this is going to be part of my future. But can I do it? Because I do get stubborn, number one. And even after that incident with Schnepp eating that food, that was like a year ago. I still didn't. And I remember telling myself, the next time you go to Yard House, order your own meal of this. Nope. I'll have the giant uh, steak sandwich wrapped in ham with a side of uh, uh, bacon wrapped in mac and cheese, uh, burger, salad, please. Thank you. It's all about overcoming that stubbornness and developing that discipline. That applies to a lot of things we know, but I'm coming before all of you, before this isn't even a resolution, not an end-of-the-year thing. This is here and now. This is here and now. We'll see if I can keep up with it and keep that promise to myself that I'm now saying before all of you about eating better so I can hopefully live better. Speaking of living better, here's an example of how I didn't live better recently uh, was uh, road rage. That's the, that's the second thing on my mind, road rage. Now, on the afternoons with Josh and Ken, we'll probably discuss this a little bit more because Josh, Josh McCuga's got some self-admitted road, road rage problems. I don't until I do, if that makes sense. I am, by reputation, a pretty calm driver, people say. So a lot of my friends will joke that I'm a slow driver, but I'm a calm driver. And I'm always, in general, on time, so I'm never in a super rush. I know my lanes. Lane management is very important. That's why we have so much traffic in L.A. It's not, it's not just the amount of cars and people. It's that a lot of them don't understand lane management. So you're like, oh, I need to get off there, uh, but I'm four lanes over. I'm going to stop all four lanes of those traffic while I make my selfish move to get off the freeway, even though I should have been prepared two and a half miles ago. Ah, see the rage is coming up. But I'm pretty calm. I don't use the horn. I don't like to instigate. I, you know, I'm big on courtesy waves. You want to know the quickest way to my heart? Give me a courtesy wave. Say, hello, thanks for letting me go. Whether you're a pedestrian or fellow driver or even on a bicycle. Give me that wave. Give me that thumbs up. We're good. We're solid. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care if you've murdered someone. You give me that courtesy wave. You're good to go with me. But every once in a while, whew, every once in a while, and I know I'm probably speaking to the choir here, preaching to that choir. Every once in a while, something sets me off. And it, boom, something clicks in me. And I have done things on the road that I am not proud of. Now I'll say this. It's never gone to physical confrontation, and I, and I, well, I hope to God it doesn't because that's not good. It's not a good way to live your life. Not a safe way either. Not a good way. I don't want to be that 
All right. I'm not getting into a bar fight. I'm not going to get into a street fight. I'm not getting into a road rage fight. But I've got to tell you, there's been times when I'm close. And the other night, and here's the lesson. The other night, driving around, I was looking for something. Now, I, don't, I was going a little slower, but I don't believe, you know, I don't do the slow down so I could find the address and screw up your life behind me waiting. I'll either make another pass or I pretty much always know where I need to go anyways. I'll scout it out on Google Maps. I'm obsessive on that. Uh, you know, parking options, backup options, all that stuff. But this, I was going a little, I needed to make a turn. I was going a little slower, and someone came up behind me. And it's and it's not like this is not like a main drag. This is through a little quaint little part of the valley here that's got Christmas tree lights, outdoor cafes, people are walking, eating gelatos, families are there, it's an Italian restaurant with a patio. This jackhole races up behind me like he's playing Mario Kart, flashes his lights, honks. And is like doing like this, trying to get around, but not get around. Like he isn't just like coming up on me. He's like trying to go up and around me. And 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 not just like, meh, meh. we're talking laying on that horn. Meh, meh, meh. Flashing the brights. And that gets me more than anything. If you're one of those jackholes on a freeway, a lot of jackholes around the show today. If you're one of those jackholes on a freeway, and I don't care if you're a listener of mine, I don't care if you're a Patreon supporter of mine, if you do this, this is like the people that 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 press the, the walk button, beep, 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 expecting it to change faster. It does not work. If you flash your brights at me because you come up on me in the fast lane and I'm going 85 and you want to go 107 and you flash your lights for me to get over... Go after yourself. Okay, who you are. Go after yourself. Don't live your life like that. Do not live your life like that. If you if you only hear one thing I've ever said in the five years I've done this this podcast feed, do not flash your brights at someone racing up their ass on the freeway or on a road. And that's what this person was doing. So the rage takes over. I mean the rage kicks in. And what do I do? I hard stop on the brakes, which is not something I recommend because you, 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 could, you could damage your car. And I got, I got things. I do the hard stop to where this guy knows it's, it, he's like, he knew I wasn't like dropping a pencil and trying to pick it up. He knew I was hard stopping to let him know what's up. So he slams on his brakes, flash just turns on his lights, starts honking, and then comes up slow around me. And I'm every gesture from every part of the world that all equals into one F you, I was giving him through the window. And I'm back, I'm in my head, I'm like, it's go time. Cause it could, I can tell it was another, it was another male and our masculinity was pouring out of these cars and breaking the windows. It was so bad. And I could, I'm thinking in my head, all right, this might be the time. This might be the time. Because we're coming to a red light. Well, he he goes ahead and goes. And I come to that stop. And I make that little turn I needed to make. And I'm breathing. The adrenaline's gone. Yeah. I'm like a president on a toilet tweeting in the morning. Just, and I'm seething and I have to come down. I take a breath and I bring my car to a stop. I literally have to stop. And that's when I realized uh, it was like 8 o'clock at night. I didn't have my lights on. I didn't have them on for a long time. 
And the person behind me was trying to signal that uh, my lights were off. Now, I, uh, I, I do think they were aggressive in it. Uh, I do think that, but... Uh, <laughs> and I just took one of those breaths. And I thought to myself, this could have gone so bad. This could have been me in handcuff, handcuffs talking to a, a North Hollywood division police officer for the LAPD or maybe even valley traffic and going, uh, well, and them asking, do you know why you're being arrested, why you're going to jail? And I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't turn my lights on. And, I, and I, someone was trying to tell me, and I got, I got mad. That was in a lesson for, for me right then and there. Take a deep breath. Have some perspective. Put it all on a, on a list of perspective. Your problems, the world's problems, the car honking behind you. Where does it fall? Pretty low. Do not go to jail because you forgot to turn your lights on. It happens, right? It happens. It, it, the reason was I had left the restaurant and I was, when I left, I was in like a lighted area. And so you just, you you know, if, if you don't have your car on automatic lights or anything like that, I know a lot of you had fan, by the way, a lot of you have fancy cars where you get in the car and the car's like, do you want lights on? Yes or no? I have like a 2004 car. I have to, you know, manually do this sometimes. So I drove away in good faith, you know? It wasn't like I consciously was like, lights off. We're going lights off. I just forgot. Just forgot. And this nice person was trying to tell me. Aggressively, but they were trying to tell me. And I almost murdered them. <sighs> Take a deep breath. And, oh, the number one thing on my mind is murder. I'm going to talk murder. I'm going to talk murder. Oh, I don't, I don't want to murder anybody unless they're flashing their brights on me. I, uh, number one thing on my mind this week is the obsession with murder, the obsession with true crime. And I'll say this, I've talked about it in some other places. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's kind of hilarious. I don't think it's, I don't think it's sick or macabre. I actually get it. And I'm not bringing this up to, to really make fun of anything. I want to go into this because, like I said, I know I've mentioned this before, especially, uh, I know we talked about it in the afternoons, other places, but it's, it's on my mind this week, and that's where the, the show goes to, to where I need it to go. So, uh, Grace, my girlfriend, loves true crime. Loves that podcast that everyone loves. Uh, what is it? My favorite murder with the two, uh, the two, uh, two, two gals. One, one's a comic. I know Karen. What's her name? I don't know. I don't know their names. Uh, obsessed with that show, and it's an uber popular show. God bless them. Good for them. What a topic. Uh, they got a rapport. They're good together on the show. They do the live tours and they sell out. I mean, kudos to them because I'd love that myself. You know. Um, it's just, I'm so fascinated with this and that the documentary making a murderer and then like the, there's a second season comes big and then true crimes has always been a thing, but I think making a murderer just really put it out in pop, pop culture. And then people felt that what's the one with the, the HBO documentary, like the Jackal or whatever it was, the guy like basically confesses on the interview that kind of brought up then the parodies, um, with the, uh, the the other Netflix show, um, 
one that just got canceled, guy I can't remember, but you guys know what I'm talking about, where they're doing a great, excellent parody of it there. Uh, American Vandal, that's the one. Got it, Ken. You got it. You still got it. it. It's a thing now, right? It's a thing. It's all over the place. And I'm obsessed with it from a lot of points because, I, look, I've seen a couple dead bodies in my life. I've had a lot of uh, hands in a lot of investigations, but none of a murder, to be clear. But my friend has. My best friend was a, a homicide detective. Uh, was a detective, actually handled the sex crimes, but he was a small enough agency, he had, a, had to handle some homicides. A uh, friend before that, one of my old bosses, he was a homicide detective for LAPD for a long time. Uh, a couple of my other uh, old, uh, old work acquaintances are, are now detectives for LAPD and Sheriff's Department handling homicides. So I've been around a lot of people who do it for keeps, you know what I mean? So I, I, I've become obsessed with not just the idea of murder, but that these shows that you listen to them so much and because you go on this journey with making a murderer and all these kind of shows, which are nicely done shows, totally, you know, I, I think no documentary is true and it's always bias, no matter which way it goes. I think it's just the nature of, it's entertainment. Documentaries are entertainment. I think unless you're making like a Ken Burns documentary, which, you know, isn't necessarily choosing a side in the Civil War. It's just showing you the harsh, ugly realities of the Civil War. And maybe, well, then again, too, I think, you know, now there's no bias. There's no bias. Ken Burns is showing that uh, maybe the South didn't make some great decisions. I don't think it's bias. I think he's just showing those, those as facts. You guys get what I'm saying. Ooh, let's pull out of the Civil War discussion. But it's just, every documentary is a little bit of a bias. So even as well as they're done, as well as they're done, but all these shows spring up, I think everyone kind of thinks they have their hand in being a detective. Everyone thinks they're a CSI investigator now. Everyone thinks they got an in on how this should be solved or could have been solved or will be solved. Uh, they think they know what it's like to interrogate uh, a criminal, something I, I personally do know myself. I've been in, I've been in those situations. Um, and so, and I'm not, and again, I'm not finger wagging. Like I said, at the top of the show, this isn't that I'm just, I am fascinated with that part of human nature. Just like a lot of people are fascinated with murder. And it is pretty fascinating. Ever since Cain killed Abel, it's been a pretty fascinating thing that we as human beings can do that. And we're not even talking about war. We're not talking about the atrocities of, of, of mass shootings or anything like that. We're talking just on a base level. One human ending the life of another is a is it's probably the case study of all case studies of human behavior. How does it get to that point? And then to do it again and again and again because you're a serial killer, it is fascinating stuff. That show uh, was on one of those shows. There's so many shows on so many streaming services, but was it the Manhunter one? Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, and then it doesn't have to be straight like serial killers, the Manson murders, all those kind of things. It becomes fascinating. Menendez brothers, all those type of things. And again, I'm in there, I'm, I'm, I'm in, there uh, in there as well. So, the other night, drove, I drove to a famous murder scene in Los Angeles. It's one I used to live by. It's in Studio City. Uh, it involved uh, actor Robert Blake. Some of you might be familiar with that. I lived walking distance from that 
famous location or infamous location. In fact, when I used to go my morning walks over there when I lived in Studio City, I used to pass by the exact spot that his wife was murdered in, uh, Bonnie Lee Blakely. And I knew it in general. Knew it in general. I knew the restaurant that they were dining, Vitello's, and and I know I knew the story. After he got uh, acquitted in the criminal case, Robert Blake would always come to where I worked at the time, at the Los Angeles Farmers Market. He'd have a cup of coffee and a you know, bagel or whatever in the morning. And then Tom Mesero, who defended him in the civil case, who also defended like Michael Jackson and Mike Tyson, all these, all these people. Uh, Mesero, he had this like schlock of blondish white hair that went down to his shoulders, despite the fact he was like 70. Um, he used to come to the farmer's market all the time too. And I would sit there in my office on uh, second level, looking down, watching Robert Blake and his lawyer talk, knowing that I believe in my heart, he murdered her, his wife, right? All that, I, so I'm obsessed with it too, but I didn't know all those times I lived in studio city, like six years or so. And all those times I drive by, I knew the restaurant and I knew it happened around the area. I didn't know to the other day that I literally would walk by the exact spot three to four times a week on my walkabouts. My little, uh, you know, put the music in the headphones, go for a walk. I didn't realize it was that specific to my own path. Now, what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing, right? Nothing in the grand scheme of things, especially since I don't even live there anymore. And it's a tragic murder of a mother uh, and the guy who probably didn't got off, you know, something that we've seen happen time and time again. But I'll tell you what, I literally, it was upset. It took me over. It took me over. So I not only I drove to the spot, that's, that's actually where I was going when this road rage incident happened. Murders on my brain and you're flashing your brights in my, you know, I'm going to get angry. So uh, we drove to the spot and parked. We didn't do anything else. We didn't do any looky-loo stuff. We didn't get out. We didn't measure, take pictures, nothing like that. I just kind of stood there. or sat there, I should say, in the car and thinking, this is literally the spot. And we just soaked it in. Got a little spooked. Got a little moved. And drove off. And I can't stop thinking about that even, even more than thinking about how I was thinking about the exact murder spot. What is this obsession? What is this obsession with murder? I don't know. I get why true crime is so popular. And why it probably always will be popular. I've driven by one of the Manson murder houses. Again, these are real human lives ending brutally and violently and tragically. And, and, and it becomes this odd, like, trivia answer. And we and we remove ourselves from all the seriousness of it, all the tragedy of it, and just becomes like, ooh, you want to go see this place? And I'm sure there's some of you listening out there who've been to some of these spots or been to spots in in your town, and it becomes this weird obsession. So naturally, there's podcasts. Naturally, everyone thinks they're an expert. Naturally, everyone has a inside tale. It's 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 it's. I don't understand it, but it's on my mind. It's on my mind. Maybe we'll start the Knapsack Files true crime podcast. Eh, we won't. Maybe we will. We never know.
So those are the three things on my mind this week. Oh, we've got vegan food. Oh, we got road rage and murder. So which one did you connect with? Mm, hopefully, hopefully all of them, but hopefully not just the murder one, or at least, well, I hope you connect with whatever you want to connect with. I'm on my way out of here. You know the drill. You can follow me at Kednapsuck. Don't forget my YouTube channel. It is up and running. We got the motivations. We got some uh, encore presentations of the Knapsack Files, Dutch Allen, a lot of things, and working on more things for 2019. Uh, the daily, uh, well, it's three times a week the motivations are up. But I do believe in 2019, the motivation videos will maybe go down to number two because I am soon going to be launching the Motivations with Ken uh, mini podcast. It will probably not be on this feed. I have to consider going to uh, other places simply for um, business reasons. It's all, it's all I can really say right now. But look for the Motivations with Ken podcast, a, a, uh, a bit of uh, audio advice to not get you through your week. Look for that soon. For all information on all the stuff I do in kind of one wonderful central location, you can go to thenapsackfiles.podomatic.net. Don't forget the Patreon page, patreon.com slash thenapsackfiles, where I have my producer and executive producer supporters, and we have Jason Humphreys, Pags, Kai Thatch, Kyle Ber- Gerbrandt, Zach Anderson, Jonas Berger, Corey Morissette, Graham Bell, Kyle Harlow, Ty Schellenberger, my old friend from high school, Michelle Cox out there in Las Vegas teaching those engineering kids, and new member to the producer tier, Andrew Hale. Uh, those are the producer tiers, and my executive producers are DJ Snacks, Sir Thomas Sattal, who will be part of Casterly Talk. Look for that soon in January. Uh, Lethal, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon Bedore, Jacob at Legends Con, Matt Maroney, Matthew Thompson, Tamor, and we have some new members Tamor's brother Abdul, Nikki Baldwin, Donald Long, Tamor, uh, Tamor, excuse me, and Abdul. Uh, I know how to say your names. Don't, you should, yeah, calm down, Tamor. Tamor and Abdul, I, I like to call them the, the Butter Brothers. They're going to tell me how to correctly say that, but they say my American tongue can't say it yet, so they're going to write up some instructions. Um, they're uh, they're uh, uh, proud supporters of, of, of Hussier, the Knapsack Files, and the Afternoons. They wear the afternoon t-shirts. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Ken Knapsack for those. If you want to consider, go to patreon.com slash Knapsack Files, like I said. So without further ado, I'm going to go look at some more murders spots in Los Angeles while you guys stay nice and calm and loving out there on the road. That's the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. <laughs>